Welcome into the breeze with DP and Haas on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, welcome into the breeze. I am Harrison running the ones and twos, and today we got just me and Haas. We're going to go on back and forth with the breeze. Got plenty of things to talk about. It was a wild, wild weekend in college football. Uh, I know NBA preseason doesn't necessarily get everyone excited, but nonetheless, uh, seeing Victor Wembanyama, the effect he's already having, and kind of seeing how the guys are reacting is pretty incredible stuff to see. But Haas, I'll let you in here. How's it going, man? Good. Happy Sunday, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What's the weather like out there for you? It's been rainy, drizzly, and definitely that fall weather's kicking in. Yeah, it's starting to pick up. It's 58 degrees now and sunny, but it was definitely wet. Couldn't play tennis this morning because the courts were all wet. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Wemby, it's interesting how, how the Spurs were tanking for three years. Mm-hmm. They tanked for three years by trading away all their players. They traded away Murray. They traded away White. They they didn't keep anyone because they really wanted the odds to increase to get them, and then they got them. I don't know what what they have with the NBA that got them Tim Duncan, they got they got David Robinson, and then they were gifted another generational talent as a one number one overall pick. I think they just get uh, because they respect the bigs. I think that's why they've always <laughs> they've always had the respect for the big five. And uh, yeah, it is crazy. You go through the run to get Tim Duncan. And then to follow that up with potentially what Victor Wembanyama might be. Injury is always still kind of scared with those guys. Obviously, Chris Topps Porzingis at one point in time was that unicorn. Not to the same level. But again, the injuries, that's a common occurrence. So hopefully he can just stay healthy. That's 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 been like, you think of all these prime prospects we've had through the years. A lot of them get hurt. Zion, hurt. You know, Porzingis, like I said, at one point in time, hurt. Ben Simmons, hurt. A lot of these guys come into this year and everyone's super excited. Uh, and there's typically an unfortunate injury. So hopefully he doesn't add to that list of players who kind of have that slow start in the league just due to injuries. But I'm pretty optimistic the way that he takes care of himself. He looks really good out there. He doesn't look like anything's awkward for him despite his size. He looks really fluid when he's running the court. Like I don't see anything that ever looks awkward with him. So, But yeah, I'm just super excited. I think he's going to be obviously impactful right off the bat. You're kind of seeing that with some of the preseason guys, just the way they're trying to defend him. They're like... Just putting their hands up, like what do you, what do you do when, you know, you you're boxing him out and he just gets it and dunks it over your head, anyways. There's going to be some serious problems he's going to pose on teams early on, and uh, what they do to counter it. That's that's going to be interesting. You can add Chet Holmgren to that loose list right there. Yep, if Chet Holmgren can play. And Chet Holmgren might be a better rookie than Wemby this season. Who knows? And if he is, then OKC is a team to watch out for with with everything they have with SKA and all that. But what's remarkable is in basketball, if you are three feet by your defender, then you're open. Mm-hmm. If you're two feet by your defender, you're open. You have to be like six feet by Wemby, and you're still maybe not open. It's crazy. Yeah, you saw that on uh, a lot of the shots he was blocking. Like early on, he was getting a lot, and you could tell immediately, they're like, okay, we're going to have to completely readjust how we attack Victor Wembanyama because they were immediately realizing, okay, even these shots that I'm thinking are open, like I, like you said, I don't need three feet. I need like five. <laughs> like his reach is insane. And so when, when you have 
youth sports and you have someone a foot taller than everyone, typically they're slower. They don't have the fast twitch muscles. They don't have the ability to, to explode as well as you do. He gets his arms up there really quick. He mm -hmm. has like guard fast twitch muscles. And so if you add that with his length, that that's why he's, he's whatever words they want to call him. He's, he's a freak of nature. He's just going to make a difference. It does feel like we're leaning back into the big man era a little bit. Like, yes, they're spacing around it now, but for a while, it just felt like the fives, you heard that already, they're kind of getting not pushed out of the league, but the need for them, the role players, like they weren't going to get those super maxes. Now we're kind of going back into, it's like they rebuilt the five position. And now you're seeing like the Chet Holmgrens, the Victor Wembenyamas, the guys that they have that height, but they grow up playing the whole court. So yes, they, they're technically a five, but traditionally they're, they're playing the whole court now. They're, they're guard with five height. So mm -hmm. they're not your back to the basket. They're not Shaq type players. Now Shaq would still dominate in this era. And anyone who says otherwise is completely wrong. Well, or like Joel just, Embiid still dominates. Yes, it's not the same, but physicality Joel is Embiid, his key weapon. Joel Embiid shoots threes and dribbles mm -hmm. and passes really well. So it, if you're a big, you're required to do multiple things now before it was just post moves and occupying the paint. But now it's rim rim diving and defending and passing and and occasional jump shooting. So that that's the 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 needs to be in the NBA as a big. Otherwise, you're out. So so Mo uh, gosh, Looney in, in Golden State, he's a really good rebounder. So that's why he's there. He's a really good defender. That's mm -hmm. why he's there. They're still allowing him to play because they don't need his offense. Just fine. We'll miss their jump shots. We'll shoot. 53s a game and Looney will go get the rebounds and that's why he has 20 rebound games so he's not extinct for that reason it's because the rest of his team can shoot but otherwise the the post is it's just you have to if you have the Lakers Jackson Hayes can dive to the basket he can play defense and he can jump out of the, out of the gym Christian Wood they're trying to teach how to play defense Christian Wood has a very strong offensive skill set and Anthony Davis has a very strong offensive skill set while also being an all-NBA defender. Don't forget about Rui Hachimura, another guy in that Lakers roster. You guys got a depth <laughs> of bigs that can... I, I want to ask you this uh, before we kind of get to what maybe be some sleepers in the NBA that weren't getting enough attention. But with the Lakers, where do you want to see AD? The classic argument, I hear it all the time, play the five, play the four. Where should AD positionally play more often? He's going to move around the court. But nonetheless, like, where do you want to see him on most half-court sets? The question isn't AD, it's what's around him. So if Vincent is making threes and Russell's playing defense and everyone else is making threes, then you can have a big that's occupying space and getting rebounds and then bring AD out. Have AD be a point forward, have AD be a three-point shooter. Last year, his shooting was so bad. Every time he shot, it's like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. If he's shooting well, like they're saying he's shooting, then bringing out someone and having having all that size for the Lakers. So they have Vanderbilt, who's a really good defender. Vanderbilt guarded Curry in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt guarded Morant in the playoffs last year. So the Lakers have a lot of height. And before all the trades in February last year, they're all short. They're very short. So there's Russell Westbrook. There's all – you can go back to the Rondo days. They had like three, four, five point guards on their teams. Schroeder was there. And so they changed their height. Austin Reeves is 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he can play point guard. So Vincent and 
Vincent's a little shorter, I think 6'4", Russell's 6'6". So there's a lot of height on the Laker team. If if they change the team to become a three-point shooting team, which they have, mm-hmm. now now LeBron can be like a Cavalier LeBron where it's distributing. I don't need to score 29 points a game. I can score 20. I can relax. I can get 10 assists a game. And 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 I can take some time off in the regular season. We're, we're not We're not resting and doing load management, but he doesn't have to do as much. He can allow... Russell to be the playmaker. You can allow Reeves to be a playmaker. You can allow Anthony Davis to be a playmaker, and and let Urban just relax in his twenty first season and then step up in the playoffs, which he couldn't do last year because they were fighting to just make the playoffs, starting two and ten. So the Lakers, just like the Forty ers if they could start the year winning a lot of games, the Laker, the Forty ers were three and four last year. And had to claw to get the two seed. If they if they played and played and played and, and won more games in the beginning and didn't lose to Chicago and Denver earlier in the year and to Atlanta last year, so three of their four losses were to Denver, Chicago, Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then Kansas City was the fourth one. If they didn't have those three losses early on in the year, they would have had the one seed. The game would have been at home. Things would have been different. Things would have been very different. Who knows what happened to Brock Purdy's arm? Yeah, I, I guess like again with the Lakers, kind of going back to like how the AD situation, it it why I just think he needs not doesn't need to, but just put him at the five, because again that's his best strength. You said it last year, the shooting is off and on with him. You already have bigs that can shoot with Rui Hachimura, who's proved it with Christian Wood, whose numbers. I mean, both those guys' numbers around thirty five percent, thirty nine percent on a good season. It just seems like you're trying to make extra steps when you, like, for Anthony Davis, I, I think it's more of a thing where he doesn't want to necessarily play the five because that's where he's best at. That's where he's the most effective. That's, like, you want him around the rim defensively. Um, offensively, that's still his best spot. I get the idea that you don't necessarily get to pull the big out, but if you have a Christian Wood, Rui Hachimura out there, you're still kind of getting that same effect, and you trust AD on a one-on-one situation. I mean, can, how many centers can you name that are better than Anthony Davis right now? Jokic, maybe, and uh, Jokic and Embiid, and Embiid is what everyone would say. And that's a it. healthy Anthony Davis is is right there, and he hasn't been healthy ever. And a way to keep him healthy is to play him at the four. But if you want to win early, play. so you can rest him later, I think your best chance to win those games early is utilize his best strength, which is around the rim. As much as he might not like that, because uh, I totally agree, getting out early is a huge deal for the Lakers. You don't want to do what you did last year especially like LeBron that year. But if you get to a fast start, you know, you look at the Nuggets, everyone is freaking out at the end of the season because they're dropping games. It's like, well, yeah, they got the number one seed locked up. Why why burn yourself out at that point? Like, I'm much more of a believer in use what you got now, get off to that fast start, and you already know what your player's strengths are. AD, get, get you know, I'm sorry. That's that's going to be the most effective spot. Uh, and he still has that turnaround game that works out for him. And again, it's not it, the game now is so much positionless that you're gonna have plenty of sets where you can still utilize the strength at the top of the key but overall that's that's still where i want to see most of his production especially early in the season so this is off my memory but let's see if they go like this let's see if they go wood at the five ad at the four lebron at the three reeves at the two d'angelo russell at the one that's that's playmakers at five positions. Wood Wood can play offense. He, mm-hmm. he has he has a lot of tools offensively. Yeah, defense so is the question for him. Well, okay, so Russell can't play defense. Wood can't play defense, but Reeves, LeBron, and AD can play defense. Mm-hmm. And if 
if Russell is going to be on the team past February, then he's going to have to play defense. If Wood is going to be on the court, he's going to have to play defense. Wood didn't have to play defense in Houston. He didn't have to play defense in Detroit. His job was just to go make money and score 20 and get 10. He didn't have to play deep. What were they going to do? Who were they going to replace him with? And that's why he had a problem in Dallas. Yeah. So he understands if I'm going to be more than a minimum player, I'm going to have to play defense. And Darvin Ham is going to bring that out and find out quickly. He's going to play defense or he's not. And if he's not, then fine. Jackson Hayes will be there. And Jackson Hayes will do pick and roll with Reeves, with, oh my gosh, with AD, with LeBron. And he'll dive to the rim. And he'll still be a very good defender. And so you bring that height. So now you have Hayes on Jokic. Jokic is way better than him. So please, please don't get mad at me. But now you have AD helping. You have AD on on Gordon. You have LeBron there. Maybe who I don't know who the three would be for Denver right now. But KCP and and Reeves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lakers have an advantage there. Yes, Murray's gonna cook Russell. So so fine. You probably put Reeves on on Murray and and LeBron is also able to to help the way that. Um, the way that AD will, because he's guarding uh, the long shooter that they have, the one with the Porter. Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, so LeBron and AD will help. That's okay. I think that's good. And then you bring Vincent off the bench. You bring, um, you bring Vanderbilt for defense off the bench. You bring Rui off the bench. I am excited to see what LeBron looks like with this new roster. Because you meant, I know you mentioned Jackson Hayes, but. I'm a little curious to see how Jackson Hayes plays with LeBron because he's a good athlete, but I'm watching him at the Pelicans for so long. Like he just doesn't doesn't get the game sometimes. Like he has all this freakish athleticism as a rim runner. He's fantastic. So hopefully, like LeBron, that's his bread and butter is finding those rim runners. So hopefully, like kind of unlock his game there. But defensively, he's great uh, until he starts fouling. He he gets into foul trouble, so that's kind of his mo. But again, you got some depth there, so maybe you put him in there and you just tell him go nuts. <laughs> You'll take those fouls from him. But again, I, I do think the Lakers right now, I'm, I'm testy with them, not because I don't think they got better in the offseason, just because everyone else got better as well. I mean, we, we barely even talk about it, but you know, you got Chris Paul on the Warriors. It's going to be interesting how they figure out that lineup. I'd imagine they probably still would like to start Chris Paul and then put Curry at the shooting guard. That's what I think they could do, but they could also just have him be ultimate six-man-of-the-year guy. Uh, and then the Suns, we've talked about them before. The Lakers got better, but I don't know if it's enough. Because I did think, I say it over and over again, but I do think they were the second best team in the Western Conference last year. You know, I know they got swept by the Nuggets, uh, but still. That felt like a team that every single game they played the Nuggets. The Nuggets never blew them out of the water. It was taking a Jokic step back off one leg three, uh, and he did that a few times to win those games. So even though it was a sweep, I felt like the Lakers still were the team that pushed the Nuggets the most. But this year... I don't know if it's going to be the Lakers number two. I, I'm looking at the Suns, looking at the Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to be a not necessarily a sneaky team with the acquisitions. People are looking at them, but that might be a team to seriously take and consider them for an NBA Finals. Is there any teams in the NBA right now, West or East, that you think we're sleeping on that we haven't talked about? The two best teams in the NBA, are they both wear green. Celtics nice. and Bucks. Celtics and Bucks, and I hate the Celtics, obviously. But <laughs> the two best teams in the NBA are the Celtics and the Bucks. 
They, yeah. have, they have big threes, and then they have depth, and they have people that play defense, and they have shooters. Between those two, who do you think? Bucks, not even close. Not even close. Yeah, because that's Dave's that's, biggest they thing. They have the best player in the NBA. They have the most clutch player in the NBA. And then Chris Middleton's a scorer. Mm-hmm. And you Chris still got Middleton all those shooters an around. And then you have Lopez. They, they gave away a lot of their depth, but they're still really good. Mm-hmm. And they got Marcus so, uh, Smart now as well. Can't forget about that acquisition. Or where Marcus? Because Marcus Smart went from the Celtics, and now he's the on the Grizzlies. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, the Celtics, to me, they have the most depth. To me, the biggest thing for the Celtics is, like, mentally, they've just never been getting over the hill. They've had the talent for years now to do it. You saw it last year. Miami 2-3 zone just gave them a world of woe. Like, they could not break the 2-3 zone, and that is the reason uh, they got knocked from that playoffs because it's not like they didn't understand it, but they couldn't hit threes. The ball movement was slowing up, so anything they tried to go inside, when you're not knocking down shots, it's just a nightmare. And for some reason, year after year, that clutch gene, whatever you're talking about, whatever Dame has, that team as a whole lacks completely. So I think it's probably the Bucks too. Uh, just because the Celtics, even though they have depth and talent, they've had it before, and they still haven't been able to crack the case. I mean, the Miami Heat was probably their best chance to get into the NBA Finals, and they just fell short. So I'm with you. I'm with the Milwaukee Bucks. Is there anyone in the West that you think needs more attention? OKC, Sacramento. Sacramento's the one for me. Number one offense last year. That That is a team that's cooking. And uh, you can't underestimate Sabonis and what he's been for that team. He's kind of another one of those. He's just been such a small market guy. No one was really watching him on the Pacers. Then he goes to the Sacramento Kings. Get a little more limelight over there. But that's another roster that I don't think they'll make a serious push in the playoffs. But I can definitely see him winning like one playoff series, maybe a couple, just because their offense is explosive. And De'Aaron Fox is really kind of starting to get to that prospect level of yeah we were excited about him early fell off because of the shooting but now he's right back up there as one of the most exciting guards in the nba well houston could sneak up there they they overpaid for some people but they they have veterans now to go with all the youth that they have so sangoon is a youth player that no one's talks about bringing van vliet bringing the the biggest villain dylan brooks (laughs) They, they did a lot of things to just bring an attitude to Houston. And mm-hmm. then they, they have Yumi Udoka. So bringing the Celtics former coach and, and just having an identity there. Houston's going to surprise people. They're going to make the playoffs this year. They're going to make the playoffs. They might not be that good, but they're going to make the playoffs, which is pretty hard to do in the West. I'm not willing to go that far. I think they'll be better. I'll be interesting, though, because I will say with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks, you at least got a couple of guys, a couple of leaders on that team that you're not going to walk into a game expecting to lose. And unfortunately for Houston Rockets fans, that's kind of been the case. You know, like you said, players just getting out there tanking, looking for draft picks. There wasn't a whole lot going on momentum wise. Uh, but we got a little bit of time here left on the next segment. I do kind of want to poke your brain about some college football. Did you catch the Iowa and Wisconsin game? Sorry, Nebraska was off, so I didn't watch the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> you saved your eyes a little bit. Final so score is fifteen to nine. That's the, that's or fifteen to seven even. And Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame, USC. I watched Miami, Carolina. We can break down uh, Oregon and Washington because that one was a thriller. And that one, I, again, that one felt like I was watching two people play NCAA fourteen. 
<laughs> the way their comp plays at the end. It was like, nope, we're not gonna we're not gonna extend this game out at all. We're just gonna try to win it right here and now. So we'll talk about that on the next segment. Again, this is Hold the reason. Yeah, go for Hold it. Hold on one second. So since we talked about Dylan Brooks, we talked about the Celtics. There was a matchup on Sunday night football, and DP said the 49ers are America's team because so many people hate the Cowboys. Yes. Who is the most annoying fan base, regardless of sport? I want to talk about that today on The Breeze. Who's the most annoying fan base? College, NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is. They, they're delusional. They, they brag too much. We them boys. This is our year. <laughs> I love this question and, because I was on some message boards yesterday. <laughs> so I got a pretty good sample of what fan bases are starting to get to that level. Uh, we should definitely dive in on the next segment. Again, this is 402-464-5685. Who's annoying? After the commercial. After the commercial. The Breeze, I'm Harrison Haas. We'll talk to you guys in a little bit.